A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You listen to the COB here at Ausbiz. I'm David Scott. It is July the 28th. It's a Wednesday. I'm lucky enough to be joined here by an expert to go and discuss everything on the day today, including that inflation report here in Australia. Annette Beecher. Annette, uh, how are you? Uh, good afternoon. Gosh, we were all over the place today, walking into a flurry of US earnings. We're halfway through the US FOMC and the data dropped and New South Wales is in lockdown. Where do you want me to start? Yeah, the lockdowns. Uh, <laughs> look, it was leaked last night and I think a lot of people knew that it was going to be an extension anyway. And I think the, the general view is that uh, it's not just going to be for four weeks. We'll probably go beyond, of course, another nearly 180 cases out in the community today in Sydney. Uh, uh, sorry, 180 cases, of which around about 40 or so were in the community. That is a number that needs to get to zero before we'll even contemplate going and unwinding those restrictions. So looks in place for the time being, which gets us to the inflation report because in any normal circumstance, uh, inflation would probably be the bee's knees of all data releases out there. But uh, this time it just sort of came and went uh, with barely a flutter of an eyelid. Yeah, it's it surely did. Like here in Australia, as in New Zealand, I think we're the only countries in the world where you have to wait every three months for an inflation print. So it's normally highly anticipated. But uh, all economists' forecasts uh, for that key underlying measure, i.e. those that take out the extremes, they'd all clustered around 1.6. And so then at 11.30 on the dot, we got... 1.6. Absolutely not a skerrick of surprise either way. And I think that contributed to the fact that it just came and went without trace. Yeah, and it's old news as well. But one thing that a lot of people are pointing out is going, well, the, the fingertips of government are all over these reports. So when you, particularly when it comes to the housing, new housing construction, which is a really sizable component mm. in the CPI basket, uh, because of home builder, it's suppressing the prices there. But I think anyone who's actually tried to go and buy anything to go and do some home improvement recently, who's not being subsidised, has found out that uh, prices are absolutely soaring. Yeah, they sure are. I mean, they've had their fingerprints on childcare because that was free and then not free. Uh, and electricity prices are free and then not free. And now we've got Home Builder, which, of course, I'm not saying it's free, but I'm saying the highly subsidised version meant that apparently the cost of building a home in the June quarter didn't change. But the ABS were at pains to tell us all that without that subsidy. The rate was 1.9%, which if you annualise that, the cost of building materials are soaring. And at some stage, these subsidies will end and they will show up in the data. Yeah, so really interesting space to go and watch because, of course, we know that it is still a pretty big piece of the puzzle when it comes to RBA policy. Whilst there was not much to go and chew over the fat over in that inflation report today, bang on consensus. Uh, thankfully, there's a lot of news out at the moment. Uh, the US tech earnings were out. No, Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, all just breezing past expectations. But mm. one thing that's really obvious at the moment is that 
the bar has been set so high that uh, it's really difficult to go and impress. And then you overlay that with what's going on in China and the tech space there as well. And it's uh, it's really interesting that uh, these tech names, by and large, are actually getting sold off. They certainly are. The problem with, uh, depending on your point of view, it's hard to improve on perfection. And some may argue that the price was already for perfection in these numbers. It would have been extraordinarily difficult to impress from here. And then, yes, underlying all this, I mean, we've been reporting here at Osbys for a little while about Chinese regulatory crackdowns. It certainly stopped Didi in its tracks, I think, two days after its IPO. And then over the weekend, just gone cracking down on the education sector. It's really rattling the local markets here, but it's still sort of seen as a niche issue. But I think you can't ignore a broader trend of stocks if it looks like there's regulatory crackdowns because what sector is next that we don't know. Yeah, so maybe it's the, the two hard baskets. So go to the uh, the tech giants, even though that's uh, very difficult to go and impress at the moment. So uh, we had a chat with uh, Brad Getsworth from uh, Wedgebush Securities on the program at the start of the day and uh, giving his uh, take of uh, the tech earnings that were out overnight. And uh, he basically still loves Apple. Uh, still got an Apple form rating on the back of those iPhone revenues. Uh, lots of talk about uh, apparently Android users switching over. So we're both Android users, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, so we certainly may- are. Maybe, maybe we'll switch in time, but uh, yeah. When uh, the price comes so may- down. <laughs> maybe we'll be that bullish catalyst to go and push the share price higher. Okay. Who knows? Uh, look, uh, we're touching upon uh, that inflation side of things as well. We also had a chat with uh, Michael Higgins from Milford Asset Management and talking about uh, mining services and the inflationary impacts that are coming through yep. there because there's so much work taking place. You'd think they'd be making so much cash at the moment. But Except. How do you go and get staff? How <laughs> there's you- no staff. <laughs> Hard to fly in and fly out when the borders are rock solid month in and month out. So that supply of labour issue, it is certainly, it is a state border issue as well as, of course, international borders. But as you say, Scuddy, I mean, anything to do with mining should be absolutely on a tear. But if you can't find staff, you can't deliver your product. Well, it's a nice little segue there, and uh, including the Olympic Games. Are you watching much of the Olympics at the moment? I'm trying to, between segments. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Aussie girls are absolutely killing oh, it. They uh, go are. girls. Uh, go girls. No, keeping us uh, no, fifth on the, uh, the table at the moment. Lots of swimming uh, gold coming through there, so congratulations. So, look, we thought it'd be an appropriate time talking about you know, what's going on in that space. Let's go and uh, ask Goldminer for our stock of the day. So, today, uh, Koshi was joined for, uh, from Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Andrew Villant from DP Wealth Advisory, and we decided to go and have a look at St. Barbara. SBM is the stock of the day. Take a listen and see what they thought. Gold is out of favour. So you, before you even start, the uh, the commodity that you're working with is under pressure. And then you talk about, uh, or they, as it would be the company, talks about rising costs relating to production. Uh, so there's, there's lots of reasons not to be here. You had that chart up there just before. The chart just looks absolutely dreadful on, even a, on a longer-term view. It's really just sort of... Uh, uh, down the bottom there, so to speak. It's sort of that uh, top left to bottom right. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's just a very ordinary looking chart. St. Barbara's definitely had its halo slipping for some time. And I've got to say that this is one of those stocks in the gold sector that really has been a monumental disappointment. And as you say, production down, costs up. They've had problems over the years with Gualia. Uh, it just really doesn't float too many boats. It's hard enough at the moment, I have to say, being uh, a bit of a a bull on the gold sector. And there's a couple of stocks that I prefer, obviously, to St. Barbara. And it's it's just a tough gig at the moment. Gold is hovering around that 1800 level. 
Well, while the Aussie girls are uh, winning gold, uh, St. Barbara, unfortunately, is not going in the portfolio. No gold medal for, uh, for that particular company at this stage. But, of course, a lot of people are watching that gold price in light of what's going on with real yields uh, over in the United States in particular. Yeah, it's, it's caught in the crossfire because yeah, 1,800 is still pretty punchy when even junior miners can punch it out at 1,300. Yeah. But, you know, real yields is an issue, but it's also a hedge against inflation, which we keep being told doesn't exist. So it's in a bit of a twilight zone of fundamentals. Sounds like you want to go and tee off on the Federal Reserve. Of course, uh, by the time we'll, we'll be asleep, I, I suspect uh, when the announcement comes through and uh, Jay Powell starts speaking around about 4.30 in the morning here, uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time. What are you expecting from tonight's Fed meeting? Because it's one of those really interesting ones where we don't have any of the projection material. So it's basically the statement yeah. and then we have the Jerome Powell's press conference. So yeah. what are you anticipating? I think the the issue will be, and of course we had a chat earlier to some other strategists saying, if you could ask a question, what would it be? And more or less, it's like, well, what's your guidepost and how transitory is transitory? Because we've had four strong CPI reports and they're still saying it's transitory. So I'll be very interested in whether or not they're still distancing themselves. This is the Fed, of course, saying we are a long way away from achieving our goals and, uh, and just basically saying we're talking about tapering, but we're not pulling the trigger at this stage. They're the headlines I expect to see. What do you think about this whole idea that uh, substantial progress towards their dual mandate, of course? We've got the inflation and we've got the employment. Now, the inflation is clearly above target, but they've given some uh, extreme flexibility with the average inflation targeting. When is the point when they should start to go and taper, do you reckon? Oh, one thing that everyone is still gravitating to, even with this new COVID uh, variant disrupting, you know, the the progress is Jackson Hole, which is the end of next month. So I think everyone. So one, it actually isn't about this week's meeting. It's about Jackson Hole with the other central banks getting together and some sort of collective announcement as to how are we going to dig ourselves out of this monetary stimulus hole. So I think a bit more market marking time, maximum flexibility, whatever phrases you want to bring out, I think we'll get a proper move on taper at the end of next month. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those really funny ones. It's like what you think the Fed will do and what you think the Fed should do. Oh, yeah. Plenty and, uh, of that. Been caught up with that over the last yeah, few look, decades. Yeah, I'm guilty as a time. Anyone the, uh, who's reading the newsletter today will see that I've had another bit of a swing at the Fed. The need to go and realise right now that they've made substantial progress towards those dual mandates, particularly the inflation side of it. And at what point are you actually going to go and start pairing this back? Because the, it was the world's the shortest recession. We've been two-month two recession, months, apparently. Two-month recession, yep. and now more than a year on, still keeping the same policies in place. We don't have a crisis anymore. And the longer they take to start winding this back and pumping asset prices up, mm. the more susceptible it's going to be when they go and pull back. So if you go for too long, you run the risk that you'll never escape. Have a look at the ECB. Have a look at the BOJ. So... I reckon Jerome Powell's got a, a pretty important uh, press conference he's got to go and deliver after this, uh, this meeting today. I'd love for him to go and point out, okay, let's start softening the market up to go and expect that we're going to start to unwind you know, our $120 billion of, of asset purchases each month. But at the same breath, point out, hey, look, we damn achieved our labour market uh, objectives, our mandate there. So just because we're tapering, it doesn't mean we're going to be touching the Fed funds rate, the key uh, overnight rate. For the foreseeable future, forget about you know, the dots last month. We've got yeah. lots of uncertainty out there. 
and just try and actually go and, and get the market to readjust, recalibrate their expectations. Because all we've been talking about since the last Fed meeting was how the Fed was going to make a policy mistake. They're going to tighten too soon. Inflationary pressures would go and die. Disinflation would resume. I think that lasted a week. Yeah. And uh, look, at the, <laughs> look at the shape of the curve at the moment. That yeah. is telling you a signal. And real yields sitting at the lowest level on record. Uh, more than a year after the recession is over. Sure uh, is. It's, telling, it's telling a pretty big <laughs> signal. And the more that happens, the more people are going to be talking about disinflation and the potential for a double dip recession. So Jerome Powell, if you're listening, as you wake up in the morning to go and give your, sure uh, your press is. conference, this is what I'd love you to go and do. Go and push back and say tapering does not mean we're going to be hiking rates within the next year or so. Well, as I said, 4.30 tomorrow morning, set your alarm. Or if not, just watch us from 8.30 tomorrow morning. We'll give you the whole lowdown. Yeah, we'll have it all covered. So we've got a pretty big night ahead, of course. Lots of corporate earnings again uh, arriving. And then we've got to go and cool our heels as well because we've got our earnings season kicking off next week as well. There's next already, week. There's already a few that have come through and uh, not surprising, pretty strong results. But uh, whether that's uniform in nature, it will be very interesting to see. And then who's going to be provide, uh, providing guidance in such an environment with what's going on here in Sydney in particular? quarter of the uh, GDP for uh, nationwide. It's going to be backwards. difficult. Anyway, we'll go and leave it there. Always good to chat, Annette. Uh, you have a great night. Everyone else out there, have a fantastic night, and we'll right. see you bright and early uh, on air tomorrow morning. Rest up, 8.30, be there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.